Alright. <clears throat> we all ready? Yep. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back um, to the Just Us podcast. It's me, Treasure B. Damn it. <laughs> and that's just us, the Just Us right. podcast. Where we talk over each other. All right, so today on the show, we are joined by the talented, the talented Stanley Hines. He's currently a user experience designer at Stink Studios. And we're happy to have him here on the Just Us podcast. Word. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, we're super stoked to have you here today. Um, so what's been up with you lately? Like, what's the latest? The latest and the greatest. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's been an interesting time period for most people. Just based off of the current climate. <laughs> Um, but I think, uh, you know, I, I just started at Sync um, back in March. So I started working at the beginning of COVID. Nice. So <laughs> it's been a uh, very interesting uh, experience I, I really haven't had before. Uh, kind of, you know, having a lot of responsibility, but then at the same time, never really meeting any of these people and them having enough trust and my skill set to kind of lead, lead things, which is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, and I think of course, right now the climate is just kind of intense. Uh, so, you know, I think there's a lot of interesting conversations that are happening that, that's been happening for years, but we see. Um, but yeah, that's how I'm doing currently. How was that transition being to start like completely remote? And like, have you even set foot in the office? Yeah, yeah. So, like, when I started on my first day, it was, like, their first day, like, working from home. Uh-huh. And so, like, my boss met me, like, the uh, director of U.S. met me, like, the head of uh, HR met me. Another guy, another developer started the same day. So, we were, like, in the office, just, like, five of us, just, like, <laughs> just there. And I got thrown on a couple projects to work on, and that was it. And then I didn't have Wi-Fi yet. I had just moved to the city. So yeah. I was working out of the office, solo dolo. I was just like blasting music. Did you? Having my own space. <laughs> you moved there for that job? Yeah, I moved from Atlanta. Oh, you could have been saving all your coins on that Atlanta rent. <laughs> <laughs> I could have, I could have. But I mean, I, I guess it was so too early to really tell the impacts of it. So, you know, when I moved, it was like, cool, like, this won't be too long. Clearly, that's not the case. Um, yeah. We probably won't go back into the office until, like, 2021. So, like, that's just the vibes. Um, but, I mean, it, it, I mean, I guess it really just depends on, like, your mindset. I, I live a, a pretty nomadic lifestyle, so it's pretty easy for me to get up and go. Like, I don't carry furniture with me anywhere. I sell everything, now I move. So it's only my clothes and my stuff. <laughs> Nomadic lifestyle. What does that I mean? Because like like? I try to take everything with me. Because <laughs> the last I mean, week you said you was a vagabond. So <laughs> <laughs> listen, but I still try to take everything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I mean, you know, being a nomad, I'm not like the 
I'm not like that extreme with it, but I I live pretty simply. So yeah. then it's easier for me to like kind of navigate and move around when I need to. So mm-hmm. uh, not having any attachment to any material things and then be able to like kind of move around more frequently. I may be in New York a little bit longer, but um, you know, I, I like to bounce around a lot. So I have a question about like um the working from home situation. Mm-hmm. How has like how has Think Studios kept up the morale? Because I know it gets hard. I know it gets like, you know, cumbersome to, to work from home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I feel like they can only give us so much. And because in my situation I wasn't privy to like any of like the culture or like really getting a vibe of anybody that works there just because like most of my connections are via Slack or Zoom or Google Hangouts or something like that. So, um, I mean, we have our um, Monday meetings every Monday. So like we have like a a moment to like kind of see what's going on. Um, Last month we did like a Jeopardy game at night, uh, which was like one of the little things that they did. So we broke up some teams and, I, I was definitely on Google looking up answers, but I mean, <laughs> I wasn't the only one. Wait, I wasn't the only one. How do you know though? I I know I wasn't the only one. Some of those questions is like nah, and they were very like white oriented. So I mean, I definitely oh, know a lot of those questions. Yeah. Um, white trivia is hard. Yo, it's challenging. <laughs> <laughs> um, like. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think they try their best, um, to keep it up. I mean, it's not really much they can do. I think it really comes down to like your team and what you're working on and just making sure that they're diversifying, uh, what you're doing. So like, if you're only working on the same thing, it definitely feels like it's never ending. But if you're working on like pitches and different stuff and you're busy, it's a little bit better. Oh. So I, I think it just varies week by week. Like some weeks are good, other weeks are bad. So, uh, so shifting from Treasure's question about how do you stay, how do you keep morale up? I know uh, the whole world is kind of going through a lot right now, and art is something that has always existed to kind of help alleviate like the discomforts of reality and kind of like lead of a space for people to express themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I know today we wanted to talk a little bit about kind of how our roles as people of color is going to be fitting into the industry as it is, because we are in an artistic industry, you know, so as we are experiencing all this trauma around us, like that gives us more, I think, fuel for our creativity and kind of makes it so that we need to express ourselves to boost morale. Um, do you have any like thoughts on that, or do you have anything that like like to bring up in relation to that kind of idea? Hmm, give me a second. <laughs> Take all the time you need. That was a deep one. That was. <laughs> you know, like I think from my viewpoint, you know, um, it's kind of like I was telling my homie this the other day. It's like you know I've gone to a couple of the protests in the city, and. To a certain point, I just felt like it wasn't really doing anything, or I didn't really like feel anything doing it. Because when I look, when I look back, as far as like when I started to, you know, be more politically act, like being active and like going to um, rallies and protests, like I've been doing it for the past ten years, and so it's like the same 
same situation, mm-hmm. you know, same. I mean, of course, this this time was slightly different from like a diversity standpoint, but you know, same type of pattern, right? And so then I started thinking, like, okay, what can I do in my with my skill set and my space to like kind of make a difference? I don't know if that answer is yet, to be honest. Um, but I do think there's a need and a push that's been pretty much going on for a long time to have more acknowledgement of, you know, black and brown folks in advertising. Because essentially, when you look at it from a campaign standpoint, from a lot of these brands, you know, they they take from culture and then what drives culture in America and globally is black and brown people. So, I mean, like, to have more of those, like, representations on, at that level, I think is where my focus is and just having those conversations and less conversations but just more action and trying to figure out what's the best way to do that for some folks who are you know um into being i feel like everyone has their role and like for some people it may be pushing a more creative way of telling that story through murals or what have you for other people it may be you know writing articles on medium medium articles some of that for other people it may be going to protests and making signs i mean it just varies based off whatever mechanic i don't think there's like one fluid um direction for people to take i think it's like a, a series of multiple things that people can do as far as like mm-hmm. what you feel like your role is personally in this time and moment right um, i don't know if that answered your question or not <laughs> i mean we kind of have had a similar conversation with in the past few episodes, and that has been kind of a similarity in the answers, just that we all have a different gift and also a different way to make an impact on the situation. Like, that's a social change model. It all starts with one person, it starts from within, and those only things that are authentic to you are the things that really ring true for you and are like a form of expression for you. So rallying isn't necessarily everybody's um, expression. Mm-hmm. It's necessary. Jeremy, you brought up a really good point on that, like that there's lots of different things that are necessary that needs to kind of be happening concurrently. Yeah, and I, yeah, because in order to, you know, um, find a solution and sort of make change, like everyone sort of has to find their find their own lane and kind of like play in that. And not everyone can be the shouters. You know, some people have to be behind the scenes taking care of the shouters and all this other stuff. Um, but I think, Spring off from like what you said, how do you, or how have you sort of gone about navigating, finding out what your role is, you know, in this whole entire thing? Is it by trial and error or, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, I feel like it's that, right? So like, for me, it's like, you know, looking at the space that I'm in right now and being in a space where I'm working uh, with brands, working, um, in advertising and like looking at that as an opportunity and like trying to um, scope that out with my team and like leadership at my own agency, like what, what impacts can I make here and like how can I push them to make some more additional impacts mm-hmm. on top is definitely one. Um, secondly, I think just having more candid conversations with my friends, uh, not necessarily like my white friends, but just like having, just like more or less having like more open conversations about this and just understanding that, you know, be like, I'm, you know, in my situation, just because of, 
I feel like most of you guys probably are in the same thing. Like most of my friends that I have that are black and brown, like with, I, I know via school, or I know via networking event or, you know what I mean? Like, so we're all in a positions of making some type of influence within our spaces mm -hmm. and just trying to figure out how and the best way of doing that and what, you know, makes the most sense. Right. right. So like for me, I honestly don't know what that is yet, <laughs> to be honest. That's fair. Um, Bro, you know, my LB, he started his, um, you know, little tech giving thing in D.C., like where he's focusing on like providing him, like he works in tech. So that's his space. And he's figuring out he's from D.C. So how can I make this funnel happen? Mm -hmm. You know, for me, I'm still trying to figure out what that would be for me. You know what I mean? So like, I think it's definitely trial and error. You know, mm -hmm. you find your niche, like when you find it and then you try to go from there. You know? Right. It, it sounds like what you're saying, like partly of it is, um, staying true to yourself and like finding your auth your authentic way of doing doing it um, because you're right every voice is sort of valuable but they have to do it in their own way to sort of spark that change um, but something that you also said that earlier today um, and I shared it with the other two where I was reading this article and it was basically um, a design census and it was basically breaking down the different segments of the whole design one or whatnot. And out of this study, it was found that only 3% of designers are black. And so, right, like, that's small, you know? And so for me, it feels like that's a lot of burden put on such a, like, a very small amount of people to have to, or to feel like they have to create change in some way within the organization and within all these other places. Because to be honest, like, the white people aren't going to step up and, you know, see it the way that they need to sort of see it um and and a lot of times i do the work as well how do you think you go about finding your role in that way and feeling like it's your responsibility so i think when i started working in advertising like i felt like it was my responsibility right like i felt mm -hmm. that you know, i needed to be that person that's talking about hey this is a diversity that you guys can do or right. this is something you guys can like participate in I'm not doing that shit anymore. I kind of feel like it's in the, it's in like, I've been like, if you, these conversations about like diversity and inclusion, about mm -hmm. the lack of diversity in advertising, about the, the, the lack of diversity within the tech industry has been going on for years. This isn't anything okay. new, right? So I feel like if I'm coming into that and we're still having the same conversation when I like kind of fell into advertising back in like 2012, like we're still, it's 2020. Like, I, like right. you know what I mean? Like at right. some point, like, if it's you're not. saying like, hey, like we need more diversity and mm -hmm. you keep hiring white people at and white men particularly at like leadership positions and you're not really making any growth for effort. Right. Making a change. When you look at most black people, unfortunately, who are like in high levels, what role do they normally have at most companies? Maybe like diversity, yeah, and inclusion, yeah. recruitment, yeah. HR, like that's the space, right? So I feel like it's like essential for companies to kind of show up, right? And like, it's not like there's not the whole argument of like, we can't find anybody is bullshit because there's mad people out there for people to tap into. And I think what I noticed within like advertising companies and tech companies, they hire who they know, right? And mm -hmm. so in an instance for a lot of instances, like they're hiring people that they worked with in the past or they, they're hiring friends or a friend of a friend or whatever. And nine times out of 10, that person is going to be white, right? right? 
like unlike us who are more proactive in making sure that we're networking with other POCs, we're going to um, more targeted oriented events so we can expand that network of people. Like, like I said, like a lot of people that I know in the industry are people that I met via an ad color or, uh, you know, advertising uh, event around POCs. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of companies are using that space. I mean, of course, tech companies have taken additional, a different approach of targeting HBCUs as like a, a as a funnel to right. get more t- more diverse talent within their ranks, right? But that's not the only <laughs> way for you to do mm-hmm. it. Right. So I feel like at, at one point, you know, I felt like it was my like job and like role to kind of be, because at, at some places I was literally the only person of color, right? So I mean, I mean the 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 mouthpiece for not only black people, but for every POC, right? Yeah. I have me making sure that your deck is diverse enough is not my job. Like you should have the like, the knowledge and the understanding that you need to be able to no no brand is targeting this one demographic. Like mm-hmm. when it comes to race and ethnicity, right? And so like I don't know, I feel like now I'm like cool, I'm going to listen. I'm going to like tell you some stuff. You should listen and then like take action on it. Um you know my Luckily, um, you know, the CEO at my job was proactive um, with it. I, I'm going to see how it funnels out, <laughs> of course. Right. Um, but, you know, he was very blunt. It was like, this is not for you to worry about. If you want to participate in it, you can. But, like, don't feel that you need to. Um, and then secondly, it was just like, I think that that approach was different than what I was used to. Because normally it's like this expectation that, that you're supposed to jump to yep. that. And they took their own lead on like things that they could actively do themselves without even talking to me or the other black person mm-hmm. I work with. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's like tiny things like that can maybe make a difference. But I think from a broader cultural standpoint, everyone wants to talk and everyone wants to listen, but then like no one's really taking any action. So it kind of gets kind of tiring after a while. Mm-hmm. So. Thank you for that word. Right. <laughs> I have a follow-up question for you on that. Um, I think mm-hmm. I have a similar like feeling to you. Um, I used to I used to get on a soapbox and like talk with people and like want to educate, and then I kind of just stopped. Yep. Um, is there an event associated with that, or a certain emotion like for that change in you? Like, is there something that like like clicked in your mind that made you feel like differently and change the way you were approaching this time i think um time and experience is seeing the same shit play out same conversations happen and mm-hmm. you know you get you, you just get tired of it and so then it's like i i'm not am i optimistic that something's going to change cool yeah fine but there's been more of an effort to make sure white women have been leading in this space than other plc's yeah so i mean like I think there's a, a broader conversation that still needs to occur, especially when you look at a lot of brands, a lot of this work that's coming out from, whether it's like digital work, whatever, it's spun off culture, right? It's spun off mm-hmm. black folks. So, I mean, like you kind of have to make sure you're <laughs> making sure you don't, I don't care about your tweet or your commercial talking about equality. Right. I don't care about your, about how many times you're tweeting or messaging that across your platforms. If I can literally go find out how many black people are working at your company and see mm-hmm. that it's a sliver of right. your uh, employee network, you know what I mean? So I mean, like, 
I think for me, it's just really this time and just having a, a general understanding of like what type of person I am and like what type of creative I want to be and what type of like impact I want to make and understanding that like these same conversations of, of relying on like mm-hmm. white folks to really <laughs> drive the ball isn't going to, isn't going to happen. And I think, you know, what happened uh, earlier this week with uh, Nathan and Bennett with the whole like um, getting like sensitive plus like black professionals within the ad space to sign a petition that imagine if all those things imagine if all of those folks started their <laughs> own shit together right you know what i mean like right. i was going through the list and seeing names and being able to understand the work that they've done and like uh-huh. imagine just imagine if we all kind of made our own shit right right did our own thing yeah. no like Go ahead. Go ahead, Tracy. I think we're about to say the same thing. Uh, no, go ahead. <laughs> you know, I, no, I like. There's always been this thing in, our, in my mind. Like even when we look back at history, like we weren't allowed at white colleges, so we made our own colleges. Like we weren't allowed here, so we made our own here. And it's like I can't put my full faith in these brands and companies to follow suit in the correct way, you know. And so it's like it will take us. I feel, you know, at least having to make space for ourselves and doing it in our own um, sort of way. Because sometimes I feel like, why are we trying so hard to make them love us, you know, and to make us feel seen and make all this other stuff when it's like, the talent is already there. We can just make it ourselves. Exactly. You know, I'm kind of of split on that though too. You know, I think think to some extent that can definitely be an argument of you know you can just do it yourself but i think from a mm-hmm. if you look at if you, looking at it from a capitalist standpoint right you know that's Not a way for you to, <laughs> i mean but i mean that's i mean that's the thing right it's like hey like if you want to be a tech executive where should you go to work like you know yeah you can start your own startup and stuff like that and i think a lot of people end up doing that but then they mm-hmm. go off to do their own thing but a lot of times they end up selling, like Bevel, for instance, sell their stuff to TNG. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, there's not, they, that's not. They did? Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> you just spent <laughs> on that kit? <laughs> I, I just spent so much on this fucking Bevel kit. I mean, you know, okay, so so the Trump <laughs> is still, and she still is like president. He's still actively, they're okay. still actively involved with it. Okay. But yeah, it's, it's like a product is on like their cat, like, um, okay. I thought so, I was about to have to revoke my dollar. <laughs> I mean, if PG owns it, I mean, they, it's their, it's their thing. But I mean, but there's nothing wrong with that. I think this like, I, I do understand the whole black owned movement and I appreciate that, but you have mm-hmm. to also look at it from like an individual standpoint, right? Like if you're, if you're trying to expand your business, you may have to go to a company that's been around for a hundred years to expand. Right. I mean, that's just, that's yeah. just, but you know, it's not like you can sell yourself, get mad bread and then start something else. Right. And like go from there. Yeah. Like, I completely agree with that sentiment. Like, cause a lot of people, a lot of people, uh, well, a conversation that's happening on Twitter right now is all these black owned businesses that has, that have been like selling their companies to, Can you know, larger. And like, yeah. And so it's mm-hmm. like, but people are calling them sellouts and it's like not necessarily they're not necessarily selling out but i mean we all trying to create our own our own lane and we're all trying to create like revenue for ourselves so like right. i don't know that that was just a side note but 
you need the dollars so that you can do more and yeah. and, and bring more yeah, people into the fold. Like it's a trade off. Understand that though. Like some people get so upset when and they call people sellouts when they're just that's not even the case. It's just how the economy is working at the moment, and that's how you know you have to be, especially in this type of society that we live in. I mean, IG got sold to Facebook. I right. mean, like you know how much how many companies in Google right. acquired. <laughs> I mean, but like, uh, like companies get acquired all the time. It's not, it's not a new mechanic. You, you, you yeah. start a company to either expand, to grow your name, or to cash out and then start something else. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I think, I think, I, I fully support the black owned movement, but I also support you also building your own financial wealth right. for your family. And what's the best way of doing that? To, I mean, why, you know, the 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 wealth of black and brown people in America is like what like pennies compared to yeah. white wealth why like is that 11, <laughs> you know what i mean it's like 11,000 yeah. the median income is like 11,000 and the white folk is like i think 150 150k or something like that yeah like that's considering every black family in america yeah. you feel me like, love. people ain't making that kind of money so. that's like you don't even need to file your income tax low stop it <laughs> seriously that's a problem yeah. <laughs> True. But I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's the, I mean, the reason for this is not being able to build wealth for hundreds of years, right? So Mm -hmm. I mean, like, what's the best way of doing that is to buy shit, sell it, like, that's what it is. And whatever mechanic or mechanism you feel is best needed for that, then do it. But I'm all down for black wealth and, you know, just doing it the right way. And that means selling your business to make more gains and do that. Yeah, it is frustrating to me because like, I talk. I've talked about this on like every episode this season. <laughs> this whole time, like this whole cancel culture situation, is like black people always feel like black other black people are selling out. Like, why is it? Why am I sell out if I'm black and I do it? But if a white person do it, oh, they smart. Like that's mm. crazy to me. But, I think I think social media and like the social contract of everything is like a huge piece to it. Mm-hmm. I think when you look at Black Twitter, that drives a lot of conversations that are happening is a big piece of it. Yeah. Um, I, when I think of, like, when you think of, like, the need uh, or desire to have unity amongst Black people, which I don't think is necessary, and hear mm-hmm. me out on this, like, I feel like the, the thought that we should all be the same or that like, we all have the same ideologies and stuff like that is yeah. how white folks perceive us, and that's just not the truth. And so, like, we are a diverse people. So, I mean, like, we embody that fully. So, and then, like, you know, if you have a different opinion on it, then cool. But I think the issue comes in play when you are not aligning with the historical significance of something. And that's when your ask is canceled. Like, right. not, or not yeah. acknowledging it, at least. Um, I think that's when the point where you get canceled. And I think, like, in a time where it's really us against the world at this point, Mm-hmm. We do feel like this need of like everyone should be like on the same page, but me in reality, like we can't ask and tell white folks, you no know, group is all in one group, and then we you know turn around and do it ourselves, you know. But mm-hmm. you know, cancer culture across the board is kind of getting out of hand. However, I think at the same time, it's holding people accountable. But in addition to that, cancel culture isn't anything new. It's just that we have social media to drive it a little bit better. Right. Sammy, you just won me over. In the same vein of like cancel culture and whatnot, 
how do you feel about brands getting canceled? Um, I'm no, I mean, I'm cool with that. I mean, I think, I think, I think from a, a broader standpoint, as a brand, you have more accountability, right? Mm-hmm. You are most likely you have a diverse set of people that you employ. Most likely you are um, going after and targeting uh, a wider demographic of different people. Um, and so if it comes to, and then we value companies that value us, right? Like we, right. we buy brands based off what we, us trusting in that brand. If you are, if you place yourself in a position where like you betray that trust, then you get canceled. Like if you're dating somebody and they cheat and they betray your trust, they get canceled. So it's the same, it's the same, the same thought process with brands, but, right? But it's like, sometimes we go back to them. <laughs> and we, and people do, like, that's the thing. It's a love hate. Like I go to Chick-fil-A, but should I go to Chick-fil-A? Okay, Probably we've been, not. We've been talking about that for weeks. I'm personally so pissed. I know I should hate Chick-fil-A. But every almost that lemonade, man. No, but let's get into the nugget. But like, (laughs) but but it's it's like I know consciously they shouldn't get my dollar, but yet I'm still in the drive-through, ordering as if nothing happened. Is I don't fuck with you, but I fuck with this food. So right, it's also right. So like in that sense, I feel like us canceling a whole new thing is accountable is very performative in a way too. Because mm-hmm. we don't hold ourselves accountable to, you know, not partake in this brand anyway. Like, I can do all this shouting on Twitter and all this, you know, this, that, and the third. But if I'm not hitting with where, where it hurts, it doesn't right. matter, you know? I mean, from a, from, a, from a broader standpoint, I think it is difficult to cancel brands as a whole thing. But it's mm-hmm. easier to target people within brands. Okay. Right? So, like, as far as, like... You know, you could say you cancel this brand and still go to it. I mean, no one's going to, you're not going to get millions of people to stop buying food because you decided not to do it because of what you believe in, right? right. However, if there's an executive that makes some crazy ass comment, you can go for that person and they will most likely get fired. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think mm-hmm. there's, I think there's like a, a tug of war that's happening with everything. Um, like the Riot Games, uh, exec, one of the Riot, Riot Games execs made some comments recently. Now he's on leave. So like, oh, you're talking about the one that um, I think he said George Floyd wasn't uh was like crime baiting or yeah, it was like club. his fault or something. Yeah. So like, so I mean, like, I think that's how we are holding brands accountable. It's like, who who do you have representing your brand? I mean, if they make any dodgy like comments or remarks. And then holding the brand accountable to addressing that. Like, okay. I think, I think, I think it's just, I think the shift is just like making sure brands are being held accountable for mm-hmm. what they're doing. Like, if it is a, like, you know, donating to our causes, you know, uh, making sure that they're implementing diversity and inclusion type things. Right. Um, or, you know, just like looking at their whole ecosystem, firing people that are making crazy comments. I think that's how you're holding, I think that's, that's how people hold brands accountable now that's more targeted it's not the entire brand anymore mm-hmm. and the entire ecosystem is like who can we like who's making crazy comments and like let's go after that person which will happen right. at, at any in any scenario like right. at any company so you know i my only issue with that is the court of public opinion is just mm-hmm. so subjective like sometimes i think like the punishment 
doesn't fit the crime. And I think that's what we're talking about, the cancel culture thing. But I well, don't know how many people hold each other accountable for us to be holding brands accountable. Like we don't, we're rude to each other at Walmart, you know, <laughs> like people don't know how to be in line. Like how can we start making um, moral acts of brands or like who's, who is entitled to do that, you know? Well, I think brands kind of put themselves in a sticky situation, right? Every brand has values, mm-hmm. right? Brand values, um, mission statement, what they stand for. If you have someone that is not aligned with that mission, that's making comments or taking positions that your company doesn't really fully reflect, are you going to sacrifice your entire image that you've developed over X amount of years for one person? Yeah. Mm. Um, are you going to allow you to use capital over one person? when all you need to do is let that person go. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think, I think, I think from a, I think we live in a very like, we like, capitalism is a thing. So like that's, that's, and then we live in like, <laughs> and this is like the society we live in, right? It's, uh-huh. it's like, you know, are you, are you reaching my bottom line or not? We, we, we think in money. So it's just so like, you know, if something isn't, if something is preventing you from making bread, then you're going to figure out a way to like, finesse that cancel that figure out ways to like help people on it mm-hmm. i do think there's like a, a a push for cancer culture that that goes too far but i think for the most part it's just making sure that people are held accountable for what they say and what they do you know what i mean yeah. and that's, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that in this time where i feel like a lot of brands are vying to say something especially with like black lives matter you know want to make sure that they're here for the community what brands do you feel are doing a good job versus what brand do you think is just saying this just to say it i don't think anyone is doing a good job oh there we go that's the tea (laughs) (laughs) i mean because for me looking at it Uh as someone who's in the industry someone who's working with these clients Mm -hmm. your boardrooms your executives your directors still don't reflect what you're saying okay so you can say or you can say all the shit you want I mean, that's cool. A tweet or IG, the currency on it is not that high. A commercial right. currency on it is not that high. So, like, I feel like until you actually put that currency to use and, like, apply that shit, then I really don't I don't really care what you're saying. So, I mean, like, you have brands that just say it because they think they need to, just like how everyone was, was, like, doing all the same fucking commercials for COVID because they thought they needed to. We're here, like, too. <laughs> we're social distancing. We're here. <laughs> right right so it's like it's like it's like that right but then it's just like yeah i think it's even worse when you have brands who actually may really really truly mean this shit but uh-huh. at the end of the day like you're you're feeding your you're 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 making money off a of culture that you you're not even celebrating your own race so i mean right. like you know I, I don't know it's like a i'm indifferent about it for the most part no i definitely i feel Treasure, go ahead, girl. No, I just, I was just saying, I feel you. I was just, you know. Yeah, I feel the same exact way. I'm just like, what point is this, you know? And, you know, so, some people, others won't see through it and be like, yes, that's nice. That's all I needed from this brand. You know, like people mm-hmm. petitioning to have brands speak out and it's like, for fucking what? You know, what, what is this? 
if Nikes came out, if Nikes didn't say anything, but they came out to New Jays, niggas would still buy New Jays. Like it's not, it's not going to yeah. change <laughs> much. Right. I, I think that hits on like SP when you were talking about like where is the organization, like around mm-hmm. like all of this. You know, some people are calling for brands to speak out, others aren't, and it's like what, how do we sort of navigate this space to get the most effective change? Um, and People don't realize, like, it's fundamentally flawed. Like, the fact that they exist to this level creates, like, a disparity. Like, it's just the fact that we are in capitalism is going to create this issue. So now we're trying to use capitalist entities to solve things that are not even, like, meant to exist in our society. We're not capable of handling these things. You know, I just, I agree with Stanley. I'm indifferent. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, honestly, like, like I said before, with the whole, like, what, you know, do you think your role is right now? Like, one shoe doesn't fit all. It's not going to be one solution. I think it's like Mm -hmm. a multiple series of of things happening at the same time. Mm -hmm. I think there needs to be an organized effort for all those things to happen. No. You know, has, has there ever been an organized method of doing anything in society? Right. Um, so I feel like for the most part, if having this different, hitting different uh, tension points until they break is the best best way of doing it. Stanley, um, have you seen the show Adam Ruins Everything? No. Oh, dang. Okay. He runs around <laughs> and will just take common situations and like, bloop, like drop all these facts that make people think about the situation differently, like from the smallest things. And I think that right. that kind of needs to happen. Like people, people, like people with the straws. Okay. Yeah. The turtles really helped motivate us with the straw situation, but I'm not seeing much reduction. I'm not seeing much recycling. I'm not seeing much reusing, you know, like, you know, it's sad to say, but I think it's really a generational thing. Like, you know, it's it's not as bad as when my granddad was growing up. You feel me? My granddad is 90. So, like, you put that in context, right? So, it's just like, it's not as bad as, as then. So, we definitely made progress. We definitely made strides, right? I think until we get these Gen X series and boom boomers out the way, then you may start seeing it. <laughs> I thought he said Gen Z and I was like, wait a minute. No, no. <laughs> uh, not Gen Z. But like, like Gen X and Boomers out the way. And I think you were starting seeing another push for uh, a difference. You're still going to have some pain points there, but there's going to be another push, right? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I think we're going to be alive when it gets to utopian society. No. But no, yeah, I think cool. that. <laughs> we have like 10 more years until the earth is like right true true that's valid um but yeah i mean i feel like i think it's a generational shift man i think um technology is definitely a, a gift and a curse um from a standpoint of like making sure people are like well aware but it, it's also da- dangerous at the same time so i think like you have little kids being well way more aware at seven than what i was growing up Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think from the, from that standpoint, it's different. Um, you know, people are becoming more active at a younger age. Um, so I think I'm, I'm not trying to like be like the optimistic person talking on the same point. I do think it's a generational thing. When you look at Black Lives Matter, when you look, look, look at a lot of the, um, movements for global climate change and all that stuff that, ha- that happened with 
you know, millennials and like that generation, my generation pretty much, you know, our generation pretty much to start pushing that, Knowledge. that message forward. Um, so. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like that's, that's, that was the first stage of having these broader conversations and now mm. we're following that up even, even further. Like, I, th I think it's time. I think it's like a need. I think the shift now is, it's not really people aren't asking anymore. People are like demanding this is what we need. Um, yeah. so I think that from a, that tonal difference is, is happening right now. And it's not really, we're not asking, we're not waiting. This is what you need to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think the same thing with, with companies. It's like, we don't need to have another forum on this shit. We need to see some like legit action of what you plan on doing. Right. Like you've been saying, Hey, we need to have these forums. We, we've been doing a forum for the past year. And we had three opening, three opening leadership positions, and they're all white dudes. And, and Becky, like, like I don't, <laughs> Not I don't know. <laughs> so. A challenge there, because you know you're talking about business people who who are gonna want sure-footed, like clear-cut, actionable, data-backed, and the data that is available for like you know like minority inclusion or whatever it could be. Like it's there, yes, but there's so much of it that's untraceable too. There's so much of it that's so subjective. So it's hard for them to be executing something like and not really sure what does execution look like, you know, like how do we tailor it to our brand? It's dicey right. waters. I really don't like I don't envy anybody in the position I mean, to make those choices. It's it's not dicey. We don't live in Korea. Like we live like America is a very diverse country. So your board should not be the same pigment. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like, I feel like we can say like stats and go, go and go in that direction. But like, we live in a very diverse country. Like that's just the, the that's just the inception of America. It wasn't founded, I mean, founded on, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, 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 it, was, it was founded on like an ideal, right? It wasn't founded mm -hmm. on like, you know, uh, ethnicity or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so like, at least that's the, the core of it, right? So, I mean, like, I feel like we are a very diverse country, so there's no need for your board, your your leadership, your company, especially if you have a, a product that's marketing um, a broader demographic to look white. Like, you know what I mean? To be, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that our government is mostly white men making laws for people like us, like, mm -hmm. who aren't privy to any of the issues or concerns mm -hmm. that we may be worried about. So, I mean, like, you know, Everyone, it's, it's not, it's, people like try it. Like, I, feel, I feel like it's like common sense. Maybe it's just me. I feel like it's just like common sense for people to like understand like, hey, like we need to be more reflective of the people that we're serving and go from there. When you look at a lot of black owned companies, um, they're diverse as fuck. Like right. it's not really a fault. It's like, hey, like, you know, we, they, they don't need to go through a process of figuring out who, like how to get more diversity and inclusion. They got it. Like, right. so I don't really know why it's so hard for like white-led companies to, to, to make that effort when you have a lot of companies that are more Black-oriented. They have diversity. They have women of color in leadership. They have other POCs in leadership. They have a diverse employee uh, breakdown. You know what I mean? So, I mean, like, it's not, it's not rocket science, but I feel like it's just like another excuse people have to like not really put forth an effort, which is why I feel like the demand is more evident now than what it was before. It's like an expectation. 
it's crazy to me because it would be so much more fun to work in a place like that too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it'd be dry. Like, it'd just be dry. All everyone wants to do is do cornhole at a tailgate. Cornhole mm-hmm. is not that fun, y'all. It's fucking not. And it has too many different rules. Like, no, throw it in the hole. I'm trying to be at West, and we live on cornhole around here. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. But no, yeah, I'm tired of drinking. I'm tired of cornhole and drinking beer. I want to drink beer. IPAs are not good. They're just not. But I definitely feel what you're saying. Like it makes, like it's not rocket science. You know, you should want your company to reflect the world. Um, But I feel like a lot of people don't have that understanding. You know, they rather have people that are more like them because it makes them comfortable. Yeah. Um, And they're tired and they don't want to, not tired of because they shouldn't be tired of, but they don't want to feel uncomfortable and they don't want to have to you know change the way they operate or you know oh my god i can't say the n-word anymore because we have such and such here and i can't make this comment it's like they don't want to do that work so they just hire who they know because it's far easier for them Mm -hmm. and um they can keep their corn i agree i agree that it's it's a it's about being comfortable and but I also think it's, it's lazy on their part because like you don't have to do that much to accommodate you know people of color in, in your on your executive board you don't have to do you really don't have to do that much like you don't so I just think that it's, it's lazy and it's a cop-out for them not to even try to you know hire people in, and then for them to go around and say oh we can't find people when there's a million motherfuckers out here you feel me? Like it's a million, it's a million people out here that's more than qualified. And like we did the best we could to find, you know, Joe who had such a such good track record as such and such and such. And Joe ain't in this shit. Um, <laughs> Joe, <laughs> Tad ain't did shit. Okay. Did you say Tad? Tad or Tad? I like, or... I like Tad better. Yeah, Tad. And did a thing. Um. But before we get off tangent, because we could do that, um, <laughs> we were about to right. it, was, it was about to be a slippery slope. God knows where, but you know, as a black creative, what are some things that you're looking forward to doing um, to help sort of make these changes that you want to see? And then the second part of that question, um, for any allies, what are some things, that, for any allies that are also creative, what are some things you would like to see them do to help move this movement forward yeah i'm kind of iffy on the word ally Ooh, do tell okay i didn't ask that question but yeah let's get into it get into it i mean i i feel like going going to your first john um uh as a creative i feel like it's like two things i want to do um of course um i feel like just like making sure that I'm figuring out the best way of doing this is like mentoring or like guiding like younger people to like get into this space. Mm-hmm. Not like a lot. I mean, advertising is typically an industry that people don't know about, especially POCs. Yeah. Um, and so, like, just making sure that they're aware and trying to guide that 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 funnel through is definitely one thing. I think secondly is of course working on a black brand or whatever that may be pushing that through um and like trying to figure out to expand it it has this really it's black owned company in london 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's called uh, it's called it's like a bar, it's like a mobile barbershop. Speak it um, into existence, because once you put things onto the universe, you know the universe starts listening. For sure. Uh, mobile. It is called uh, what is this? Oh yeah, trim it. Trim it is black owned. Really dope. Um, that would be an interesting project to kind of figure out how to expand that joint in like the states and nice. create like a whole system. That would be dope. That's something I, w- I would love to work on. At but uh, mobile barbershop. It's called Trim It. It's in London. It's only in London. Um, it was founded by a twenty-five-year-old um, black dude. And they've been doing like crazy shit. Uh, it's pretty dope. It's like bands that they have. They go to. It's pretty much like an Uber for getting your cut, getting a haircut. Right. It's, they, it's, need it's really they need that it's really here. They need that here. I don't have hair to be cut, but like. <laughs> but no, nah, it's definitely that's definitely something I would love to figure out to expand that into the U.S. market. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they could definitely do some crazy things. But uh, yeah, that's one. Um, and then as far as like ally, I kind of feel like, I don't know. I feel like the reason why I'm iffy about it, I feel like if you believe in human rights, like there should be no need for you to be out. Like, I feel like you having to be like an ally and say, I'm an ally for this cause. You should just be, you should just be for human rights regardless. Like it's not, it's not, you know what I mean? So I feel like that's like, it looks like an extra thing. Like, oh, you can be my ally. And them having to feel like they have like some authority in the space so i don't really like using that necessarily um but you call it then just be normal just be human <laughs> I, I think yeah. i think that's it i think i think i mean it's not if you know something's wrong you, if you know um that something isn't right from a moral standpoint then you should make that call out you know what i mean mm-hmm. um in regards to uh what they should be doing I think doing the same shit we're doing, I mean, in, in a way, is like, hey, like, hey, I I see that we have a board of mainly just uh, white guys. Can we get some more color in here? Like, can we get whatever? I think oftentimes, like I said before, there's been a huge push for white women. Every time I hear a white woman talk about diversity, included, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Because you're still white. You still benefit from that. Diversity like, you <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I don't want diversity of thought. I don't want to discount that, but your struggle is not the same as mine. Like I, you know, what I mean. So, like, I, I think this be them being holding themselves to being accountable and just calling out people when they need to, um, to bring uh, more of a face to the company. You know what I mean? As far as like being aware. I'm not talking about whitewashing stuff. I'm not talking about appropriating anything, but I'm I'm saying like literally, hey, like we have a room of literally mad white people in here, and like, like what's what's good with that? <laughs> um, so, I think the reason I the reason I ask that is because so technically, SP is an ally, and like. Technically, we talk about it. Um, I don't know if you, if you want to like jump in before I miscorrect something. No, no, no. no. Say something. I was uh, thinking about it because I understand it's kind of a weird like term. Yeah. I think it's helpful slash important to call out a title related to it having responsibility and roles. 
Mm -hmm. I had to learn that I couldn't always like speak over others just because I'm brown. I had to understand that like my commentary and my opinion does not speak for others. Yeah, I mean, I kind of, I don't know. I feel like, I'm just like, I feel like, hmm. I don't think we need to label allies necessarily. I just feel like if you know something's wrong, then speak up about it. Um, I, I don't think we need to create additional categories or titles that someone can have to feel like they can't, that, that the only way that they can make a change is like if they have that title um, or, or not. Um, but I think like as long as you have good intention and as long as you are understanding of someone else's or, or, or empathetic towards someone else's like what they're saying and just being able to maybe use your, your privilege or your opportunities to kind of like better that, I think that's right. definitely more of a, more of a thing. Um, but you have some allies that don't, that don't really do shit, you know what I mean? But they still call yeah. themselves allies. That's true. So it's like, so it's like, you know, it's just like another title. And so I just, I'm not, I'm like, I'm not saying this is like an issue. I just don't want to get into a situation where like everyone's becoming an ally, but then we still don't see any change. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's almost like exactly what you're saying. Everyone's calling themselves the ally, but no one's really acting like it, you know? See, I personally would never call myself an ally. Like, even if it was for other situations, like, um, like if we're talking about the LGBTQ community, I wouldn't say like I'm an ally for the LGBTQ community because I don't feel the need to like insert myself and try to like claim like some type of space there. I'm just like mm-hmm. a decent person about it, you know. Like it's right. not like I'm. I, I try to stay informed. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's in certain situations it's hard to to proclaim yourself as an ally of such without stepping on the space that's there. I mean, the second part is like, what does that mean? You know, like, if I am an ally, does that give me license to speak up about these different things? And if I'm not, do I just have to shut my fucking mouth? Like, I don't know what sort of like authority, it almost seems as like, it's like an ally card. And if you have this card, you're allowed to speak on these issues and, you know, be at these events and stuff like that, but you gotta do the work to get it. Like, I don't get what it means. I don't think it's I don't think it's everyone. I don't, I think you know generally people are there to like be like, hey, I want to like make a change and use my privilege or my opportunities to make something better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think we should just do that regardless. Like if you see a hole somewhere, like reach up and get back. Like it's not, you know, it's not it's not you know something that's difficult. You know, I'm trying to be like I'm trying to like you know I don't think uh, you have Beyonce. She don't be going around telling people what she'd be doing. Like be doing that shit on the low. Like same vibes. Did you watch her speech, her graduation speech? Yeah, I watched that shit. I was like, damn, I, I'm, not, I'm not graduating, but I feel inspired right now. Cool, right? <laughs> and she, and she, yeah. Right. I said Beyonce is speaking to me and me only. <laughs> and listen, like it, the way they had it filmed, I said, oh no, this is a personal video. Drop the, the link in thing. the chart somewhere, man. I ain't seen it yet. You ain't seen it? Me on her uh, IG, John. She's on there. Right. It's it's about her only post she made in about two months. So I don't know how you missed it. Nah, she made that Houston, John, as well. <laughs> and like, she had the iced tea speak to us. <laughs> we did. We <laughs> did. <laughs> that was a cameo. Oh yeah. Um, how was that? That's so fucking random. 
It was. It, really it wasn't random. Our boy Van. Stop it. Set it up. Oh. <laughs> we'll cut that little snippet out. No, no, we're gonna keep it in because I hope you hear it and slide in your DMs. <laughs> I hope you. <laughs> I hope you do. But no, we don't want to take up too much of your time. But I do have one question. How do you hope experience design shows up within um, this movement and this moment? And that's including like COVID and also the transgressions on our black lives. That's either you have another question or John? I'm gonna follow up the second one afterward. All right, cool. I think, you know, I think the, the core of experience design is like designing around people's problems, right? Like that's the center of it. Mm-hmm. And so I think we are in an interesting time where we have a lot of problems to solve. One that is a pandemic and one that is systemic, right? And so I think that from a, you know, looking at experience design, not just as like visual experiences, it's like one, the facet of it from a um, social distancing or making people feel safer in, in different spaces and how can you design around that is definitely one. One thing, how can you make um, shopping experience more direct? How can you... Mm-hmm. Um, bring a concert experience within uh, your home um, because you know concerts probably won't be happening for a while. Like, how do you reinvent these yeah. things that we're used to doing um, in a more um, human felt way? Mm-hmm. So I think that's definitely one challenge. Mm-hmm. I don't have any projects of doing that shit right now, but I mean, I would definitely <laughs> love to tackle one. Um, but I mean, that's definitely one huge challenge. That I think a lot of brands are trying to figure out. My companies mm-hmm. are trying to figure out from a uh, systemic situation, I think it's really just grassroots space. Um, I think looking at the best ways to apply experience design when it comes to like organization, we have an election coming up. Um, mm-hmm. So I think from like an organizing standpoint and giving information to people in the right way, providing the resources and, and uh, technology that they need to get to point A, point B, I think it's the best way forward for that. Um, I think when you look at a lot of um, Nonprofits, organizations that are, are centered around civil rights. If you're not the ACLU or NWCP, you probably don't have the funds. So, like, to really like push something for it. So, I think that's definitely an avenue to do some pro bono work mm-hmm. um, to like kind of help shape that. But I do think it needs to be very, very organized, and there has to be a clear intention uh, with it um, as well. So right. I think that's one from a broader standpoint. But like I said, wherever your 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 lane is, that's where you go. So mm-hmm. like if it's a situation where you're looking at um, bringing more spring design within uh, schools to make school schooling better for um, POC communities, stuff like that, mm-hmm. like that's that's the lane that you can go into. So I think looking at what's being defined as like systematic oppression, just systematic racism, how that's in our society. Mm-hmm. And just looking at different solutions within one of those areas to kind of right. tackle, I think would be a dope thing to start doing. Um, I, th- yeah. I think what's interesting to a lot of this is that it shows us more and more that experience design looks like many different things, um, even more so than what they, you know, showed us through our program and whatnot. I think, yeah, um, <laughs> I think this is like, it's almost in a weird way fantastic because now it's like, you can really find your lane and find your own groove of it and just get to playing. Like you can get two of your best friends together and start on something. You can find a company, you know, that works in this way and do that. But it's, it's showing me like there's a lot of opportunity to just kind of do whatever the fuck I want to and, you know, make it into something that can actually solve people's problems at the end of the day, Uh, which is, I don't know. It's super dope to be in this space now. I don't think I've ever would have, 
thought about it, like even like two, three years ago, that this, you know, coming in, I was like, great, tech job, money, that's it. Um, and that was sort of the right. path. But now it's just, it's blowing up. Um, the deeper and deeper that we get into this, whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think I think Branson is Branson. Uh it's an advertising based school. So and there's not that much imagination or appreciation for brand design. I think you <laughs> You take that chat offline. That's all <laughs> 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 um but no, nah, like I feel like, you know, Experience design is very broad. I think that the core core of it, like I said, is designing around people's problems. Like you're not making mm-hmm. a campaign, you're not this isn't supposed to be six seconds, it's, it's supposed to be something that's supposed to be like social platform based. Right. Like what's a problem that we can address and how do you solve it? And that's that's experience design. Like that's that's the foundation of it. Um and so it can be applied in many different ways and across many different mediums. So then you know, whatever best way, I mean, at school, it's normally like around like, hey, we need this website for this campaign around how to eat candy outside. Make our digital. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like basically, and that's that's not it, right? So I feel like it's a broader scope, like IDEO is a, a really good solid example of like mm-hmm. where you can push experience design and how you can use it to not only better functionality within your home, but also how can you impact and solve global problems to other countries and stuff like that um and so like how can we bring that into the fold more you know it's once you find your niche i think you know you can kind of go from there but Mm -hmm. yeah for sure you answered the second question too just right in and there which is like what is experience design um if you had like that right that's what i'm saying my my reader like what the fuck like did someone did you cheat again just like you did in that company game (laughs) (laughs) who does not see in jeopardy when you have the resources to do so if you if you if you had these answers if you had these questions you would have cheated too okay (laughs) no no i went to trivia at this bar and they were they were out there literally like flagging people down for having their phones out like they take that shit seriously the little oh, bar was, I was playing. Yeah, I was in um what the fuck is that bar called? The biscuit place with the shuffle bar. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. They were like, if you fucking cheat, we're kicking you the hell out. And that's <laughs> like <laughs> Well, I was in the comfort of my home looking at my TV for Zoom. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I just had to make sure my, my type speed was good to, to get responses, you know. So I can't subscribe. They, they gave they gave us too much time, man. They gave us too much time. <laughs> Blame the like Zeppelin. Like I don't know. I don't listen to that. I don't know any of their albums. What's what's this? <laughs> you know what? Those are the subtle things. Those are the subtle things that white people want to talk about. How can we include minorities? It's things like that. Like y'all trivia is not inclusive. Yo, mm-hmm. bruh. I was really like, not- let me. They had a couple questions about friends. Okay, I was like, if I asked, what was this show based off of? Y'all niggas would not even know. <laughs> I wouldn't even know. <laughs> I wouldn't right. know. But then it's like, let me throw in this one colored question and see if they can get, let me right. stop saying colored. I have to stop with that word. Don't say no. <laughs> We're gonna have to cut that part out. <laughs> I have one more question. Um, so given the whole like 
how the world is right now, everything that's going on, like what is one thing that keeps you inspired and like keeps you going and motivated? Yes. I mean, just black people, I feel like just doing the damn thing. I mean, I mean, honestly, I think when the the uh, email that went out um, just randomly, uh, the stuff that uh, Afia had posted in the uh, chat, uh, mm-hmm. like that shit was that I, I was happy about that. I mean, I just I, you know, like I just, I just like seeing like black people own their shit and just like not giving the fuck and being right. I think that's like always uh, a good solid reminder of why I'm happy and proud to be black. So uh that's like my yeah. like i felt that <laughs> I, I really do love when black people just be out here black people and like yes better <laughs> is that is that in the dictionary what they gotta do black people in. that's right <laughs> uh, i hope to be black people in at work one day listen if you're not i'm gonna call you out because you know you deserve to be black people in Anyway, Stanley, thanks so much. Yeah, no, like this was super dope. We like your mind. Yes. You like his mind. I feel like you want to like massage his brain or something. You're over there. <laughs> like in heat is what it looked like. That's Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Armchair philosophy makes the coochie go woo woo. Oh. <laughs> and on that note, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right, y'all, we're back. Stanley just left the Zoom chat. That was a uh, that was pretty great, right? I like that. Yeah, that was definitely an awesome conversation. I wish it wasn't so far away in New York. Then we could, then we so could hang out with him. That is true. I think when we start having these in person, like we definitely need to do like happy hour in the studio, but also happy hour after the studio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be like a two part, you know. Um, but no, he has some really dope stuff to say. I think especially the um, the part we're leaning more into how brands are sort of reacting mm-hmm. um, and sort of how, you know, well, how brands are sort of reacting to this moment and what is our place as a creative to usher in that change? You know, what are, what is our own responsibility um, in this whole sort of thing? So I want to ask y'all, what do you think your responsibility will be in helping to make the world more like the way you want the world to be seen. I think um, for me, personally, is um, an amplification or me just amplifying other Black people, no matter what career field you're in, no matter you know what you do. So um, yeah, just, just helping Black people get into the spaces that they need to be in and also mm-hmm. just elevating their voices like right. wherever I can. That's a right. role you play well. Because you are always in the know, and you're always like, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah, like this is this is where like you have resources a lot of the time." Right, right. Amplification. What about, what about you, FP? Um, I'm just thinking about how much I like Stanley's commentary. Um, yeah, well, no, not just feeling lust. Not just feeling. No, it's not like that. This shit got you in heat. That's. Yeah. I'm a sapiosexual. Yes. And I was just about to ask you that. Are you a sapiosexual? I would, yeah, definitely. Um, like. I I do like to think deeply about things, but I definitely appreciate people who are big picture thinkers. Mm-hmm. I haven't made a much secret about how annoyed I get and have been getting about like the reactionary, like knee jerk, like visceral reactions right now. Right. Um, that's just because like 
I see things like like a step back, you know, I see it like as a whole type of situation. And I think that's my role. Like I can recognize that that's a type of like perspective that he brought to the table, but I think that that's a very valuable thing to like remind people like what they're doing in the context of the bigger picture. Um, right. I'm more of a good interpersonal like connector developer type person. So I think that that's kind of where I am. I think I like to hold space for other people and just to like offer a difference of opinion. Mm -hmm. I think that fits you very well. Like, yeah. Well, why thank you. Hire me, somebody. Is that yeah, a job hey. thing? ASA, yeah, my girl needs a job. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, th I think for me, it's definitely like that piece of like what both of us are saying. So, you know, still have that sort of broader thinking, big picture thinking thing to help, you know, tackle problems, but also help uplift voices. Um, voices and people and companies, you know, that are not necessarily seen within the, you know, limelight of things. You know, everyone wants to gravitate toward, let's get RuPaul to do this ad and like stuff like that when there's a breath of people that we can get. And I think doing more of that work is also awesome. But I think to his point of um, helping out wherever you can and like utilizing your skills outside of just your job. So like, if you see a brand that you like, their website might not be good. I think this gives me more inclination to be like, you know what, let me step in and just offer my talents as a way of appreciation, um, but also as a way of like uplifting brands that I think more, more and more people should know about and engage with. You know what, I think that um, we all are like self-development type people where we mm -hmm. try to like do something better or get better at something like maybe not like all in the same way, like goal oriented, but just trying, you know, at least to like make a good effort, to, like to see where things can be improved. And I think that's very important, um, like that we do that and it's important that other people cultivate that like service kind of mindset. I appreciate that about you guys both. Thanks for the shout outs, sis. Yeah. <laughs> we love the feelings that are, that are in there. Um, so, I want to say this is our last stop on the experience design train. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, we'll probably have another episode to wrap it all up and put a nice little, you know, bow on it, you know, cone the uh, edges down a bit. But how do y'all think this one affected your view on the experience design and what it is? Um, I think that not even just this episode alone, alone but as we made stops on this train ride i think that there is a place in this industry for everybody i think that um no matter what career you're in no matter you know where you work i think that you are you can coin you can use the phrase experience designer so from the people who work at chick-fil-a to the doctors you know to to anybody that is giving service to another person, anybody that is giving, you know, products or selling products to another person, you have a duty to uphold like a specific type of experience. So you can, you can design that experience however you want it. So I think that anybody can use. <laughs> retweet, retweet, Treasure Brown. You know what? It's funny that you use the word duty. Like that got me excited because mm -hmm. I was going to say that I, Yes, there's a different space for everybody, but now my definition 
is more like I feel convicted to find the space. Yep. Because I didn't really realize, um, like, yes, it's everywhere and it's cool. We can do lots of stuff with it. But there's, and I always have said there's a lot of power to it too. But then it's also like the responsibility. Because now, mm -hmm. like, we're sitting around looking and we are able and skilled to assess the way these things are about to shake out and go down, which means that there's people who can, you know, do. If we can, that means we have to do certain things. And there's a lot of needs that we mm -hmm. spend a lot of time addressing and talking right. about. So right. put our monies where our mouths is. Yeah. I, I think more and more <laughs> that money is following. That money is following everywhere. And I and I think, you know, the most important part here is that finding your authentic lane and like really loving the problems that you're solving. And it doesn't always have to be at those like tech companies. So it, it doesn't always have to be, you know, at this advertising agency, like this, you know, these big places, because the work that you love doing might be closer to home or might be dealing with other things. And I think having this sort of varied skill set gives us the talent and, you know, and the willpower to sort of go to these different places and then make the lane for ourselves and really right. do the work that inspires us on a daily basis, whether that's for the nine to five or for the after nine to five, you know, I think there's, there's like, that space is out there. And I think just that outlook is giving me hope at this moment. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Whatever yeah. you are, be a good one. Who says that? Abraham Lincoln. Oh, didn't we like? We just had the conversation. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember my grandmother telling me that, but yeah. So we're going to say, whoever you are, be a good one. Treasure's grandma said that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mm -hmm. We heard it from there first. <laughs> My dad always said, show me your friends and I'll show you who you are. Mm, that's a good one. It is a good one. That is a good one. I think somebody else told us that thing about um, your friends are, are your board of directors. Mm. You know what? My mom always said, change your circle of friends and your circumstances will change. And I think that is accurate too. Because mm. every time I go around a different type of, a set of people, I definitely elevate myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I might need to switch up on y'all broke-ass mofos. I know. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Travis like, I'm about to leave my circle right now. The chakras aren't. No, I feel like y'all, y'all are like my circle of friends that I look up to, honestly. And what? I uh -huh. to be like. Treasure, I look up to you. I try to be I like you. I look up to both of y'all. Man. No, I really, yeah. So many examples of integrity in my life. I think... What this is right now is like a testament to, and something that even Stanley mentioned is the need to sort of network horizontally yeah. and network within the circles that you're making right now, because there's a lot of talent amongst us. You know, there's a lot of just raw will to do. And in, instead of trying to you know, shoot up for, okay, what's the next, what's next, 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 just look at the people that's around you, you know, look at the people on the same level that are grinding as hard as you and let's try to make some dope shit together. Right. What was that talk we went to and they were talking about like groups of talented people, like friends helping each other up and all becoming famous together, you know, and all becoming successful mm -hmm. together. They were talking about, um, it was something about like, like creating space for everybody in your creative space. There was a, they had a cute little pun for it too. Do you guys remember that? Girl, I don't know. All I know is Issa Rae said it in her I book. I was just going to say that. He, he's right. Issa Rae said it in her book. <laughs> Best people that she had is people that she's networked across with. People that was on her same level with that same grind, you know, trying to make it pop. And I think that's 
sentiment is even more powerful now as we move into there's a lot of problems that are showing that like they're literally revealing themselves day by day yeah um, and i think you know we have the resources you know i'm just speaking like amongst us you know we have the resources we have the talent why not go out there and crack some problems Jeremy, that's why i'm always trying to work with you that's why i'm always trying to work with like miosha and jessica because i'm like i just tweeted the other day like when me and jessica get on a strategy together that shit is gold like go like we'd be unstoppable for real so it's like i'd rather work with my friends than trying to you know prove myself to somebody that's you know steps above me and like kind of remove from where i am to try and work with them i'd rather work with somebody who's sitting right next to me who's been through the mud with me like right let's, let's make some shit right uh, yeah. there's, a lot of, there's a lot of benefits to that too because then you also just know like all right like you know when to tell someone to simmer down versus if you don't know the person, it's like, ooh, like there's awkwardness. There's like work, work <laughs> dynamics that have to be brought through and you're able to right. like be sharing long nights with people that you know very well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but there also is a uh, drawbacks to working with people that you know. Yes. You want to talk about that? That's a whole nother conversation. I think everyone, everyone knows that sort of thing. Like that saying, no, yeah. it's hard to work with your family and do business with your family is, is the same thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, know, you really got to find your people and find those relationships. But as we're talking about experience design and, you know, the importance of having relationships and all that, what would be all sayings for this week for what experience design is? Are they changing any any shifts in the boat? <laughs> I said my piece er, like earlier when you asked this. Yeah, I I don't, I don't think I've shifted anymore. Mm -hmm. Experience design is for everyone. I don't remember what I said last week. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think, go ahead. I think the more and more it shows that it's about those relationships that we're building with people, but. As we go through this, I think it's also about the relationships we build with ourselves and the people that mm -hmm. surround us. Um, I think that's equally as important. So something that's also more apparent to me is how do we get more of people like us? You know, and I'm just saying like like-minded individuals. I'm talking about um, people of color within this space. You yeah. know, I think we're the idea is there. Like we all sort of are teetering around this in different ways, you know, but that sort of funnel to understanding that this is a career path is something you can make do with it. Um, it's something that I, I know I would like to tackle a little bit and work on and seeing how, how do we get more people up here uh, talking about experience design and design in general, you know? Right. Hmm. Experience design is the Matrix. The Matrix, the movie? Okay. A lot of metaphors could probably be made. I have to rewatch the movie so that I can elaborate <laughs> for you. But it's like the Matrix. Like, because you can choose to see it for what it is or you can choose to see it differently. You know, like you, you can make it um, as complicated mm -hmm. as you'd like it to be. Yeah. I think that's you very a lot of power to transform your surroundings with that. Um, internally and externally, you can change how people interact with each other and who people label themselves as, you know, it's, right. there's, there's, I think, infinite levels to play with experience design because there's infinite, like, levels of personal experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. There we have it. Experience design is the matrix. For those looking for the answer to what the hell is experience design, we now have it. Yeah. Not yet. Not yet. We now have yeah. it. You know, actually, I have to say, I don't think I've seen that movie in totality. So you might be out here lying, is what you yeah. said. I just remember, you know, Nate Collins on the playground doing this whole thing with the Matrix. I'm like, I don't know what that is. I'm not allowed to watch this movie. Um, and I've seen snippets of it on TVS over the years. So I'm going to have to invest some time and see what I got. Yeah, I think you might want to invest some time and then get back to us next week yeah. with, with whether your hypothesis holds up. Okay. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> I'll, I'll get 500 words on your desk by Wednesday. 9 p.m. I thought you said we don't have it. If you're looking for the answer to what the hell experience design is, we don't have it. And no. I'm like, it? And, I said, and you said we now have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We now <laughs> have it. We now have found it, and we're going to unpack it one last time. <laughs> one last time, put a nice little bow culmination on all of this. Um, and I think that sort of wraps up this week's episode. Yes, definitely. Um, thank y'all for tuning in. Yeah. yeah. I enjoyed that one. I did too. I enjoyed this whole little journey that we've been on. Um, yeah. I'm sad that we have to, you know, go back home to the station and <laughs> <laughs> stop putting this metaphor. Any which way, follow, <laughs> follow us on all the social medias. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at justus.podcast. Um, we're also, I got it. We'll also put the link in the description as well. And as always, if you like what you hear, give us that five-star review to help us, you know, push, push, push up in the ratings and whatnot. Um, and as again, to all our listeners that we have now, we love you. Stay love safe. You. Stay safe. Stay proud. Stay proud. As Beyonce says, your blackness is beautiful. Your, your, your oh. queerness is beautiful. It's beautiful. Your everything is beautiful. Beautiful. Is that our right. graduation address? So I'm gonna have to yeah, go. okay. I'm going to send the link around so everyone can be on the same all right. page all right. uh, with all this stuff. <laughs> all right. All right. Otherwise, see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.